This week's show is brought to you by Miracle Made. Alright, now you guys, Brad and Alex, you know I like a lot of things, but I'm going to reveal a little bit about myself here. I really like sleeping. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I'm like, it's, oh, yeah. A, it's in my top three. Of it's a great I thing enjoy. to do. Wait, hang on. Eating, sleeping, and? Sleeping. Again. Okay. It's, All right. it's it's mostly sleeping, then eating, then sleeping Got again. Got it, yes. Got sleep, it. get up, eat, then you get back to sleep. <laughs> yeah. If I could eat while I'm sleeping, I would probably do that, too. Sleep, eat, sleep, repeat. Got it. Yes. And luckily for me, Miracle Made has sheets just for me. Because did you know that traditional bed sheets can harbor more bacteria than a toilet seat? And I'll tell you what I don't like, sleeping on a damn toilet seat. I would rather sleep in some nice sheets. I don't know, man. Have you tried it? Unfortunately, yes. And it's not my style. I won't ask you to elaborate. (laughs) Inspired by those punks at NASA, Miracle Made uses silver-infused fabrics and makes temperature-regulating bedding so you can sleep at the perfect temperature all night long. It has self-cooling properties. The sheets that are infused with this silver prevent up to 99.7% of bacterial growth, leaving them to stay cleaner and fresh three times longer than other sheets, and no more gross odors. Only the best odors in my sheets. You can go to trymiracle.com slash nextlander to try Miracle Made Sheets today. And whether you're buying them for yourself or as a gift for a loved one, if you order today, you can save over 40%. And if you use our promo nextlander at checkout, you'll get three free towels and save an extra 20%. Miracle is so confident in their product, it's backed with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you aren't 100% satisfied, you'll get a full refund. Upgrade your sleep with Miracle Made. Go to miracle.com slash nextlander and use the code nextlander to claim your free three-piece towel set and save over 40% off. Again, that's trymiracle.com slash nextlander to treat yourself. Thank you, Miracle Made, for sponsoring this episode. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another Next Lander podcast deep in the heart of April, middle of April, deep in the heart of the United States tax code. Brad Shoemaker, it is well, nearing the middle of April, and that can mean only one. Let's not talk about that. Welcome back to you. No, welcome back to me. After traipsing the wilds. That's right. That's right. Trying to flee flee from the impending tax apocalypse. <laughs> That's right. You can't you run. Fled, Let me tell you. Fled you. to the woods. They, they, they'll find you anywhere you go. Alex Navarro, how are you? Oh, it's the taxes. The hand thing I'm doing here. That means He's, the taxes. Taxes are coming. I think yeah. they're... Um, tax man. That's, that's obligatory. You did it. There's a mm-hmm. tax man. Yeah, now we're going to get sued because I said two syllables from a Beatles song. <laughs> then you're going you're gonna to get sued and have to pay taxes on the yeah. money you pay to the Beatles. You'll see that money in hell, George Harrison. Oh my gosh, that's like something really rotten about that. I don't know why, why that. I don't know why is it George that, Harrison is it that George hell? Harrison is in hell. He's I not. Think, I think. Wait, <laughs> I think is tax so? is tax man one of his? I thought that was one of his. It might actually be a McCartney. I don't remember. Mm. Uh, tax season. Get your taxes. 
Yes, I went away. I tried to flee, but uh, uh, it did not work. You, I, we, you, my kids you, are you on. Gone, gone, but you didn't stay gone. Yeah, yeah. That was your mistake. They keep pulling me back in. The, uh, uh, the thing is, the kids are on spring break. It mm-hmm. is. It is time for spring break. Are they still, or is that now over? No, no, no. They st- their spring break started officially on Monday. Okay, and, so they get the and, whole week, and they get Monday of the following week because it is Easter, uh, Easter and Passover mm. weekend. So they get that Monday as well. So we figured, okay, what can we do? How do we go somewhere in 2022? What are the things we could do? Uh, and the thing we settled on was to get in a car and drive to Vermont. And that's what we did. Ah, uh, Vermont. Ah, uh, Vermont. Ah, uh, the land of freedom. Picturesque. Right. Bucolic. Yes. Uh, yes. All of those things. And also Quaint. Vermont. Yeah, sure. It was, you know, coming from Jersey, it's mostly that trip is New York because mm-hmm. you're driving through a lot of New York and I realize in my, you know, advanced age here that mm. California, specifically San Francisco, and let's say New York City, New York City area is different. And the rest of the United wow. States. Huge statement here. Yeah. And the rest of the United States is mostly the same. I have found out. So you like when I'm like, oh, this place looks like Vermont looks like upstate New York. Well, upstate New York, New York, New York, New York, New York kind of looks like Western Jersey, like a oh, Western Jersey kind of look. And really, it's it's really most of those places just all look the same. And then Brooklyn looks different. You know, Queens looks different than the rest, in my opinion, of the United States. San Francisco looks like its own thing. But yes. uh, L.A. actually is pretty different as well. But I have not spent enough time up and down the West Coast to know if maybe Portland is also very different. Or like, I, I think L.A. looks like a much more sprawled out version of other desert big cities. But it's mm. just there's a lot more of it. And obviously there's a coast there, which, you know, Arizona and New Mexico do not really have. So there is that difference. But like... As far as like the the layout and the sort of overall look of it, like it's not that different from a lot of other desert big city type places. Yeah, I guess maybe there maybe it's just a maybe it is more of the northeast looks the same. And that's where I spent a lot of my time driving around. So there are just places that look the same to me. If you if you close my eyes, spun me in a circle and dropped me anywhere within let's say th- a thousand miles in the northeast dead center i mm-hmm. may, might not know where i am right maybe except for boston because i well, boston looks different i i agree with you like if you're just going off pure visuals because yes most of new england just kind of looks like new england unless you are in the wild forests of unincorporated territory in maine <laughs> or you are in specifically boston a lot of that shit looks the same but that said i think there is a palpable vibe shift when you cross state borders throughout New England. I think when you go from mm-hmm. Vermont to New Hampshire, it is yeah. impossible to not know you are suddenly in New Hampshire. Oh, somebody's looking at your license plates for sure. Being like, yeah. Uh-oh, and they're looking for that live free or die logo. And if that ain't on there, that's right. You're in I, trouble. I've got like a bond car. I just flip them over to make yeah. sure I've got them all. 
So we went any, any maple syrup involved here anywhere, or is there anywhere you're just Vermont like, has a lot of that. Sticking a tap straight in the tree and just putting your pancakes there. Yeah, when you go to the diners in Vermont, it's weird. They just have it. They pull a tree so right a, up to the a table. There's a tree growing right up through the middle of every table. <laughs> you just every you just, diner waitress is also a lumberjack. <laughs> you just stick a straw right in it and just get a tree. Uh, tree syrup is kind of gross, I think, until you boil it down, isn't it? Like disgusting. Isn't our whole process? Probably. It doesn't just come out sweet and delicious. Probably. Yeah. Probably. Like one of those. Yes, things. it's like Funnier. drinking mi- milk straight out of the nipple. It's not ideal. No, that's it's, ideal. It's more fun to just think about it. Yeah, tree nipples. Right out of the tree. Yeah. Uh, we went to uh, we the kids had been snowboarding this season, so this season, so we went uh, up to Killington, which I'm is, sorry is like Killington, 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 Killing Town, Killing Town, uh, as I guess. Huh. You know, oh, where they do all the killing? Yeah, where they kill it on the ski slopes. Where mm. uh, I I had always heard of Killington in the same way people talk about yachts. <laughs> Like, okay. you, know, you know what I mean? I see. Like, oh, it's like, like say people saying like, "Oh, yes, we went out to Vail for the season. We yeah, went out I th- to yeah." I think that kind of thing. Yes, exactly. Okay. And let me tell you, I wasn't wrong. It was. Okay. It is well. A, it's snowboarding or skiing. It seems extremely expensive. I did not snowboard nor did I ski. The kids, the kids did it. The thing I it, now I skied. Like once a year, the fire department, when I was growing up, would have an annual trip to some snowboarding place or sorry, sorry, skiing place. And we would go on that trip. And so I skied a couple of times as a kid and it wasn't anything super fancy. It was in like, you know, New York and mm-hmm. they tie the skis around your ankle. And, you know, what? that's, you know, well, when you fall and you're skiing, where's that ski going to go? They don't mm-hmm. want to lose a ski down the mountain. And this. But maybe either it was before or it was too expensive to rent the ones that had the brakes on them that pop out. So there was a string attached to my ankle. And that is how I chipped a tooth skiing oh no. as, a, as a ski smashed into my face. But things are different now. Uh, mm-hmm. Snowboarding is big mm-hmm. and it's very expensive. And we took the kids snowboarding. But the thing I remember from being in that New York office, anytime I would see somebody on one of those carts where they have their knee up on it those little like scooters and they're mm-hmm. like oh yeah like they have a leg injury or something and that's just yeah. how they're getting around anybody what happened i went skiing yep you know i went skiing so i figured you know i don't need that in my life right now maybe maybe 40 plus right now to jump back into skiing when i haven't done it for 20 years is not necessarily the thing i need to do to join the kids plus i've saved myself hundreds of dollars by not having to rent anything maybe that's fine and thousands and thousands and tens of thousands of dollars in medical bills maybe oh come on what's a what's a torn acl to a band of your age i mean honestly you just bounce right back i don't know man i'm I'm on killington.com right now where they say you can get unlimited access to the beast yeah the beast through the end of the 22 season for just 379 well yes killing killing town and the beast Mm -hmm. The, uh, the beast at Killing Town. We, yes, we also stayed in room six six six. I don't get it. Where's oh, this nice. going? Yeah. So the also also this video promotional video that like the first lady of this gang of skiers coming down the hill is just wearing a tie dye t shirt. Yeah, that's kind of weird. Still Vermont. I don't know. You know. So it was it was awesome. It was it was fun. It was very it was very luxurious. It felt like it felt like a bougie kind of thing to mm-hmm. do like oh this uh th- 
people were named Forrest and Chad and, you know, uh, uh, Ryder and, mm-hmm. and, and Mason. Th- yeah. Things like that. Uh, there was, I think there, I think there is a, a trail on the mountain called Yo Vinny. And I can see like Y O space V I N N Y. And my kids were like, oh my gosh, look, dad, there's a trail, yo, Vinny. And somebody there, maybe Mason, maybe Forrest, maybe Ryder, was like, oh yeah, yeah, there's a yo, Vinny, that one's awesome. And they were like, my dad's name is Vinny. And like, oh, wow. Clearly not that many Vinnies up there mm. uh, uh, running around. Yeah, so, they don't make it out of the tri-state area that often. Yeah, so it's always fun. It's uh. It, it, it was interesting. It was a lot of fun. It was relaxing. The kids had a great time. Good up there, and you know we'll we'll maybe think about going back there. It it, it was something we wanted to do outdoor to get away. Like what what can we spend a lot of time outside? That's not stuck inside somewhere. We just haven't been away in a while. We just needed yeah. to get away. And you know we were someplace where we couldn't didn't have to fly, and we could spend some time outside. And I think we nailed it with that stuff. And was interesting. They had an outdoor pool in like the thirty degree weather, which was cool. Heated. Like, heat, I hope. I hope heated. Heated. Yeah, heated. Which was uh, first time I've ever done that too. I don't that's, think you could heat that water enough for me to want to get in there in thirty degree weather. It I mean, was that's cool. Just the, man. That's the influence of the beast, you know. Yeah, yeah it's like yeah. it's like Satan lives right underneath there. It's like the pool is just. Were geothermal. you skiing on a Hellmouth? Yes, yes. It's powered by it's hell energy and wow. your sin and it's your like sins. Doom. Your sins. Yeah, it's it's just. We you you have to do a you have to go through a portal and you ski down and Doom Guy is a hell of a snowboarder. They have they were using words like fresh corn or something for snow like oh there's a lot of corn I don't know if they okay no what no yeah. powder heard I've heard powder yeah. powder yes oh no like the nar nar the co- the corn I, wait did I, someone I, actually say nar nar because if so <laughs> that. I'm sorry. I, have, I I have to declare a citizen's arrest on that shit. No, I may have made up Narnar, but I'm pretty okay. sure I saw corn somewhere. Oh like, no, no, that is no, that is absolutely a thing. The corn harvest is that what? No, they, no, the, the Narn. You, nar, the you Narnar. Okay. Narnar. That is okay. absolutely. Is the Narnar a, snow, a skiing thing or yeah. is that a surfing thing? What is the Narnar? I think it's a generalized dude shredding a thing thing. Mm. Yes, there's a lot of lingo. I was like, if you're more gnarly than gnarly, then okay. More human than I, human. My wife and I, we were talking and we said, is is skiing and snowboarding a bougie, like, uh, Tennessee kind of uh, uh, sweater around your neck endeavor? And I think we both agreed yes. Because the I price of entry be. is so expensive. You know, it is I think high. it can be. It can be, but I think there are definitely also, like, itinerant borders. Mm. Who live a very bohemian lifestyle of just going from place to place and not... Kind of doing whatever that probably like working the slopes in some cases, right? Maybe in in order to get to shred more often. But are they? Oh. I are they? Are they like? Did they come up through it naturally, or are they waiting for the the? Are they mad at their dad's law firm? Yeah, it's entirely possible that they are just like yes, old money. Yeah. Like yes. oh, what happened? Oh, well, the man. The divide yeah. in all like the old comedies was very much between, you know, the the sort of the people who work there who are sort of like, you know, the people that mostly get by doing instruction and whatever else, you know, while yeah. partic- partaking of their favorite hobby. Those and, are the people I'm talking about. Yes. Yeah. And the snobby, well-to-do <laughs> types who come in and are the ones that purely appear there recreationally and are there to just drink and party and have a good time and also look down their nose upon those who are, you know, of the lower class. 
Yes. So I, that is, comedies would never lie to me. No, my 80s, 90s sense tells me that you need to hang out with the people that are working there. And they also need to need to save like the rec center there by having yeah. a competition against somebody who is wearing a puffy jacket. I will say that even as a kid, which was the last time that I went skiing or snowboarding, I was probably like 15 the last time I went. Even by then, I had a pretty good perception that like, yes, there are definitely people who just do this purely for the fun of it. But there are also a lot of people who come in here and are just like, you know, they're here because it's a it's a kind of fancy cold vacation. You know, like it is Mm. not really it is not that they are there for the love of the sport. They are there (laughs) just purely to drink their hot toddies and hang out in the ski lodge and, you know, just sort of be rich. And if it's Tahoe, you can also gamble. It's true. Oh, see, man, I wasn't allowed to do that, but my parents could have. Oh, uh, yeah. So that's where we went. We went there for a couple of days and I really enjoyed it. And it was nice to see another part of the United States again. And I had not spent mm-hmm. a lot of time in Vermont, nor much in the Northeast. Spent it's good to verify of- it's still there. Yeah. Spent a ton of time in Buffalo, which is very different than Vermont. It is. In some ways. It's a little also- more hard scrabble up there. Yeah, but in some ways, also exactly the same. Yeah, you know, in that it is also very cold. <laughs> you know, the Northeast, Northeast United States, it, it's got those older houses that, like, that collegey town look where older houses and paints kind of peeling off everything, but it also looks kind of awesome. But also, everything looks a little bit like it might fall apart at any moment. Like mm-hmm. That that is to me the upstate New York vibe uh, that. I, I don't know. It's very comfortable to me. There's something extremely comfortable about it. Oh, I like upstate New York. I just, you know, if it was, if more of it was like commuter friendly, I might think about heading up there, but, uh, it's, it's a pretty narrow range that you can actually like commute into the city from. Yeah. Yeah. These are Amtrak or Amtrak. Mm-hmm. Uh, what'd you guys get up to? Absolutely oh, nothing. Yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. I yeah, bought a I've... pair of shoes. <laughs> oh, tell you nice. all about it. Oh, in person. Long story. Okay. okay. All right. I ordered a pair. They didn't fit. Oh. I took, I took them back to the Nordstrom rack from which I ordered them in person, and then there happened to be a pair right there that was perfect. Do you, that's do my you, story. That's that wasn't that long, but uh, you know, listen, it's longer than yes. I guess. Mm. I guess. Alex. Yeah, I've been working on some writing project stuff here and there. Uh, just you know, in between trying to also play video games, I've been working on a project for IGN that is a feature about Nicolas Cage and also a review of his upcoming film, The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talents, uh, which I have seen and cannot quite talk about just yet, but I will have stuff for that next week, it seems dude, like. Dude, you saw an embargoed movie. I know. It's been, it had been a really long time since I'd done that for actual professional reasons and not just because I asked a PR person if I could go see the movie early and with yeah, no I, actual I guess professional consideration. Yeah, now, now that you mention it, it's not exactly a new thing for you, but... Having having only ever dealt with embargoed video game products in my entire life, like the idea of press embargoes on other stuff is so exotic to me. Yeah, it's it's exactly like the process oh, in video yes. games. They send you the assets, they tell you when the embargo date is, and then also the PR person kind of sends you a friendly but also probing email. Like, so what'd you think? <laughs> I I just I I remember being very jealous of movie reviewers back in the day because their consumption process yeah was like two hours top, maybe three hours tops. Yeah, I mean, you you know, if you're, like, say, the sole critic for a newspaper or something, you know, odds are you're having to review at least a couple of things a week. But yeah. nonetheless, yeah, I mean, it's a very different experience. And I will say that 
this was one of those where it was very clearly like there was some press there, but there and they had like a cordoned off four rows, but it was also a big theater and they had clearly invited a bunch of like radio contest winners and other people to mm. that. So there's like two kinds of screenings. There's the ones that are in the tiny theaters where it's just critics. And then there's this other kind. I definitely did not rate for the tiny theater with the, like the real critics. And I'm not arguing that I, I get it. But still, it was just like, oh, yeah, I remember this. I remember being in the little row reserved for critics while all the other people who are there to just watch the movie and have a good time are there. I, I want to say there used to be back, 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 back in the day when I used to actually be able to wander around New York City and jump into places. Sometimes they'd want to fill in seats at screenings so that mm-hmm. there's a live audience there for. So it's not it's not like, you know, 20 people in a thing in a dead audience. So it seems like the theater's full for critics who are in there. Yeah. When they're screening a movie. I want to say I saw Primer like that. It was one of those things like, hey, you want to see a free movie? Want to see a free movie? Want to come in? Sure. Like, sure, sure, yeah. I don't have kids, and I'm just walking around the city going, what am I going to do? Go home and eat Cheetos? Like, yes, I am going to go mean, do yes. that. Yes, yeah. yes, I'm going to go do that. What's uh, funny is that I have been to exactly three movies in theaters since the pandemic began. One was on my own time to see Sonic the Hedgehog 1. Uh, one was a press screening for Fast 9, which I did not have any professional reason to be seeing. I just happened to get passes through a PR contact. <laughs> and then this one, which I was actually doing for a job. So I've been t- two of the three movies I've seen in theaters in the last three years were pretty much just for, <laughs> you know, like like side things and not actually going to a theater of my own volition. I have a s- that Sonic movie is out soon, if not out already. I think it's right? out this week. Okay. I think it came out, didn't it? No, I think it's out on Friday. That's officially that's new, new Spider-Man kind of came and went. No, right? it came out last week. Oh, did it come oh, out last week? Okay, no. yeah, because I because I I saw people because it opened I saw the stronger, reviews, but it opened stronger than the first one is why I didn't. Oh, okay. It was making it's like oh my man, these things are only. Oh yeah, that's right. Steam. It officially stamped out uh, the Morbius summer we were all hoping God. for. God help us, the Sonic movies are only making more money over time. Hell yeah, go Sonic. They're all right. That first one was all right. I haven't seen the second one yet, but I thought that first one was like, okay, it was acceptable. Hey, ben Schwartz, get paid. Yeah, yeah, get, get paid. By all means, Idris Elba, this time around, get paid. Why not? Get paid. Sure. Well, get he paid. already, I, I would say Idris Elba already does quite well for himself. Yeah, he doesn't say no to a lot, I well, found. I, think, I, I, I mean, he's not quite like. Get more paid. Yeah. He's one of those actors that's sort of like Pedro Pascal, where I'm like, I really like you as an actor, but sometimes you are just in too much stuff. Right. I I just meant like Schwartz is not exactly a household name prior to Sonic. No. Like this is probably the the big break for him to go mainstream, right? I guess. And he deserves it because he does a good job as Sonic, I think. Whoa. I'm Sonic. No. Okay. Chili dogs. I want to be Sonic. I guess Jim Carrey is talking about retiring from acting. Which means that, like, they won't thought, have a Robotnik the next time around God, if that ends up, yeah. like, holding fast. Wow. How do you replace Jim? Who would you replace Jim Carrey I think with? they said straight up, like, if he retires, we're not just going to not have Robotnik be the the main antagonist Get Metal anymore. Sonic or, or one of the other, there's other Sonic villains. Yeah, Shadow around yet? I'm sure he could he could fuck some shit up. They probably tease Shadow. I would say they probably tease Shadow at That's the That's probably the, the post-credits one. thing, right? Oh, man. Yeah. yeah I cannot wait to see movie Big the Cat. There you go. Show there me it is. I want to see CG Big the Cat. Yes. But they'll do the Mario the- movie, and then they'll do a crossover with Mario and Sonic. It'll inexplicably be about the Olympics. It'll be great. I always thought the Carrie casting for Robotnik 
I don't know. I think you could cast differently for that if you if you wanted to, but it's kind of too late now. To, That's the thing is that if yeah. you had started out with someone else, you maybe could have done it. But now yeah. it's like Carrie is just such one of those personalities that like once he's in a role, you kind of can't think about anyone else doing it, whether yeah. it's justified or not. I'm with you, but I, I don't know if that's. Th- that that whole casting, I think you could have probably aligned somebody else with that character. Maybe it's more Jim Carrey than Robotnik. I think when yeah. I saw the movie, like oh, you're that's gonna end just up Jim with Carrey. another Jamie Kennedy that's- as the mass situation, and no one wants that. Mm. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, all right, should we get into the game stuff? Anything else I, going I, on? I, I, I guess. Or, yeah. Video all right. Games. Yeah. Hey, video games. They're still around, and the ones that were out before are also still around and the ones that are coming in the future will be coming just right now there there's a little bit of it's a little bit of a clearing and it, they're just saying hey if you, there's plenty of games that came out why don't you play them they were just all getting out of the way of lego star wars because they knew that was going to be the the game of the spring most most of the games are still out the only ones they've taken away are those like playstation classics from 20 years ago yeah. you can't play those anymore well, games have come out, and we're going to talk about them now. Let's start off with Tunic. How are you guys doing with Tunic? I've, I've kind gotten of gotten back to it. Back to it, yes, also. But I've been, like, playing it in fits and starts for some reason. I haven't been, like, bearing down on it super hard. Well, I want to check in. I'm going to say this out of the gate here in case people are listening or, or miss anything. That talking about Tunic, whether it's mechanics or story or anything, is impossible probably without giving something away since that game hides mechanics behind exploration and discovery. So if you're pretty sensitive about tunic stuff, I want to skip forward ahead past this tunic section. Not that we're going to go out of our way to spoil anything, but stuff comes up in talking about that game that sometimes I feel like might be a thing you want to discover. That being said, I want to check in bosses. How are you making out? Finish any? I've got one down out of the three. Yeah. I've also got one down fought. The second one have not quite been to the third one yet. I don't okay. think I've quite gotten to the second one yet, though. I think I'm close. I, I don't know I if I, you have to take those in order. I was going to say, like, I, I just hit me last night. Like, the, the first one I did was the librarian. I don't think that's a spoiler to say the name. Because mm-hmm. it doesn't really give much away. Not that even when you see it, not that that really means much anyway in context. But that's the first one I got to and beat. But yeah, okay. after a point, I realized, like, they kind of just open everything up, don't they? Like when you at a point, yeah. I think it's when you go back to that temple, that first temple that at first they say sealed forever after you go in there Mm -hmm. and act like you can never get back in there again, and then later they just open it up again. It's like, oh, I guess forever doesn't mean forever. I I think Uh, the librarian is the last boss I beat. uh, Interesting. Okay, yeah. So like after I had done that that core temple in the middle of the map, and like it opened some stuff, it took me a while to realize like, oh, it kind of just opened everything. Mm. Like all of the areas I couldn't get to before are just accessible now. So. Yeah, and you get some mobility upgrades that pretty much allow you yeah, to I'm, traverse around. I am assuming, based on certain items I can't get to, that there is some kind of mobility thing that has to come into play. Because, yeah. Like, yeah. I, got the, I got the little slingshot thing, but I'm not talking about that. I mean, there's some other stuff that it's just like, I need to be able to like fly or glide to get to that, hmm. probably, or something similar. Alex, uh, uh, do you remember which boss you beat? I'm pretty sure I, the one I beat was the library and the one you're talking okay. about. Okay. I had beaten that boss, I think, the last time I had kind of left off the game, and then my last foray into it was kind of progressing past that. And the thing I have been coming to with this one is that, and this is not an indictment of the combat or anything of that nature, like, I think it is the challenge level in that game is generally pretty good. 
I think I might just turn on the no fail and just kind of coast from here because to mm. me, it's just not the part I'm interested in for the most part. Like I've proven that yes, I can engage with this combat and I can enjoy it. But I think for my sense of progression, I'm going to get more momentum if I'm not having to constantly restart parts of it. And I can just sort of pick at the threads that I want to pick at. And I think that no fail option is actually kind of an ingenious inclusion because I have to imagine I am not going to be anywhere near alone on this one. I know I've seen a lot of people say similar things like I, I don't disagree with you, but also I feel like fewer people would probably fall back to using that if the combat was tighter. Mm. It's like, not I flawless. Like, I just think it's, it's like pretty just, good. Like it's okay. It's just like we've talked about it before. I feel like just some of the timing windows and, and general responsiveness of certain moves and stuff like those boss fights are a drag. <laughs> like they're rough. Yeah. So, like not in a necessarily a super satisfying way. I mean, I was happy when I finally beat the librarian and like, I'm not going to use no fail, but only out of stubbornness, not because out of some sense of purity or whatever. I just refuse to feel like I let the game beat me, but like, I totally understand why a lot of people are using that. And it's like a lot, like I've seen a lot of discussion from people saying like, yeah, at a certain point I got tired of banging my head against this and just did it. And I totally get why. I think for me, it's just that if I had more time to dedicate to one specific video game at this point, I would probably be more than happy to just continue to play without no fail and to just, you know, try and do a guideless run as much as possible. But I want to see it. Like, I want to see it through to its conclusion, Mm -hmm. and I kind of don't feel like I'm going to be able to do that effectively right now unless I kind of allow myself to throw myself, you know, some guardrails, which is, you know, the combat, and also not being ashamed to just be like, hey, I'm just going to look this up because I don't feel like beating my head against this Mm -hmm. anymore. Like, it's just not, it's just not what I'm looking for right now, but I do want to see it through because I like it so much, and I like what they have doing here, and I want to see, like, what the actual end game of that thing is. I bounced off the librarian and then came, it was the first boss I got up to, left, and then wound up leveling up a bunch beating two other bosses and coming back to fight the librarian that's like the one thing i was going to say in favor of sticking with the default difficulty is that i almost turned it off in disgust after dying to the librarian like five times and at that point i was like well maybe i'll go poke around see if i can like level up and i i was on the cusp of getting a couple more potions which i went and did but like doing that led to me discovering a bunch of stuff i had not found already because it forced me to go do something else. Kind of the Elden Ring thing, right? Of like, mm-hmm. like I am not getting anywhere with this boss right now. I can either quit this game or I can go do other stuff. And so I went and, and I found like other usable items and got two more potions and like found yeah. some new areas I didn't realize I had access to and a bunch of stuff like that purely because I got frustrated by that boss and had to move on to something else. Yeah. So there, there are, um, there are some items that really help. There are some trinkets that really help. Do you mean, are those like the equipable, like equipable cards yeah, that you're those, talking about? Yeah, like those can really okay. help. And then, those are the things I'm hung up on the most right now is like, is there like another manual page at some point that's going to tell me exactly what they do? Because like, I've got at least two manual pages now that have hints about what mm-hmm. they do, but they're not specific enough. Like, the effects when you equip them in and of themselves are not evident, except yeah. in a couple of cases. Like, yeah. there's the one that turns your health potions into mana potions and like that one is super obvious obviously but like a bunch of them are like well there's a sword on there and i can kind of guess what they're getting at in that manual but not really like it's a little frustrating i actually just unlocked my second like kind of trinket slot uh and it's a little frustrating not exactly because those boss fights are so hard in particular like i would love to like min max my build right Mm -hmm. and know exactly what those things do but i just don't and yet I am too stubborn to go look up just a guide about what they do. 
I don't remember a page that has it explicit, but I feel like towards the end, I had a general idea of what they mostly did. And by the time I looked up to confirm, I was maybe not a one. I was 60% of the way there on most of them. You know, I did, there was like, Oh, this is what it actually does. Right. But there, there were some that I wound up using the ones that I think were obvious and, and pretty apparent that matched my build style. Also, I spammed items through a lot of those boss fights in a way that just throw through bombs and drank potions and regained mana. And it's one of the things I didn't like, which is if you die, you lose those items. Permanently. I was going to ask, cause I've been hoarding my consumables, like probably yeah. way more than I should to the point that I don't even, I'm not hundred percent sure what half of them even do. They're very useful against bosses. They're extremely yeah. useful and they can really change the battle. But you kind of, I would always save them for a, like this is a great run. Okay, now I'm going to use them. This is the run. But you can the the economy's not so bad where you can you can get. I some guess you can you can money. buy more of most of them. Yeah. Right. Also, the game doesn't pause when you go into the menu to equip different items, so that's kind of rough in the middle of the boss fight. It's pretty rough, and you kind of you plan it out a bit beforehand. But uh, the bo- the bosses are are extremely hard. But they they mellowed out when I came back to that librarian. I beat the librarian in my first try coming back, and I had mm-hmm. bounced off that boss a bunch but by the time i came back my health was uh, considerable uh, yes and i had uh a lot of different items to help me out in that regard so yeah i i, I agree though i like i said i think tunic uh i've said it a million times now. i think it peaks somewhere in the middle and then i'm kind of with you alex in terms of i was less enjoying it more enjoying seeing it through yeah if that makes sense i just wanted the mystery to keep coming and find out that stuff, but the gameplay ha- I had left behind a little bit by that point. And it's not that it's terrible or bad, but maybe asks a little more than it can give at some at certain points. And, yeah. And some of those boss fights do feel tricky in that regard, where you're I, like, oh, I'm stuck or I'm not moving quite fast enough. Yeah, I respect the challenge and I respect what they're trying to do with that stuff. I think that it's just it's really more boils down to how do I want to experience this and am I going to actually experience this on those terms in the kind of timetable that I have for myself with all the other games I keep telling myself I'm going to go back to and if not finish then at least play a more substantial amount of and I just don't think that's realistic. So yeah. I'd rather just get the experience, see it for myself regardless as to whether I can say I definitively beat it on its own terms. I'm curious to hear what you guys think at the end there. So I hope you, I hope you do wind up wrapping it up. It's, it's not whether it's through, uh, the no fail mode or not, or looking everything up. I'm just curious to see what you guys think there. Yeah. I've I've regained enough momentum that I might have finished it by this time next week. I, I, more than anything, I just want to see what the ultimate state of (laughs) everything is like, the way people talk about that game, I feel like I am waiting for some earth-shattering late-game reveal of like, oh, it pulls out of the, the camera pulls out of the TV, and now you're like playing as the kid who is playing the fake video game or something. You know what I mean? Or it's like, yes. oh, there's oh, there's a whole world behind the world that you see, or you know what I mean? Like some like massive thing that fully changes or recontextualizes everything. Mm-hmm. I suspect I'm not going to get that. Maybe I'm I'm probably inferring a little too much from the way. People have talked about the mystery and the, like I, I should probably I should probably make peace with it being a drip feed of like, here's what this mechanic does and just kind of slowly revealing its component parts to you and not like 
that it's going to completely become a different game by the end or something. Yeah, I, don't I, I, I don't need like an inscription level reveal for this thing to be right. interesting to right. me. I think for me, it's if it's if it is just a drip feed of cool, interesting stuff the whole way through, and but it does not you know feel the need to like create some kind of like larger meta examination of video games. I'm totally fine with that. Um, but if it did that, you know, I certainly wouldn't turn it down. Yeah, but, same. I I also don't need that. It's just that I've kind of like started to expect it based on people talking about how much is hidden in there and stuff, but maybe I'm kind of reading too much into what they've said. It's a neat game. Yeah. yeah. Neat game. All right, let's take a quick break and get on with more games right after this. This week's show is brought to you by Rocket Money. Brad Shoemaker, Alex Navarro. I bet you guys have subscriptions. I had a lot of subscriptions. I had too many subscriptions, and at a certain point, I had to drill down. I had to, I had to focus. I had to make sure that I did not have so many subscriptions anymore. You had to take time out of your day. My busy schedule. Your time, which is worth more than anything, to find those subscriptions and cancel. Brad Shoemaker, do you live a subscription lifestyle? I am just a walking monthly bill at this point. <laughs> It's the world we live in. If you need help, boy, guys, I got some uh, I got some news for you. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps you lower your bills all in one place. It says here that most people think they're spending $80 on their subscriptions, but in reality, the number is closer to 200 My God. What are we even doing? With Rocket Money, you can easily cancel the ones you don't want with just the press of a button. Rocket Money also lets you monitor all your expenses in one place, recommends custom budgets based on your past spending, and they'll even send you notifications when you've reached your spending limits. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions and manage your money the easy way by going to rocketmoney.com nextlander. That's rocketmoney.com slash nextlander, rocketmoney.com slash nextlander. Thanks, Rocket Money. And we're back with another game that came out a little while ago, Norco. Yes. I continue to really adore Norco. Yeah, I I did manage to get a little further into that. Maybe adore is a poor choice of word for Norco because it is... Uh, it is a pretty rough and tumble world there. Yeah, there's, there's a lot really of like relentless sadness kind of around the edges of that thing. Yes. So I obviously didn't have a ton of time to play a bunch of stuff this week, but Norco is the thing I wanted to come back to and play uh, narratively the, yes. the most. And I really am still, I think in awe is maybe the way I'd say it of the writing in the universe. It really just keeps on delivering in a way I'm not tired of yet. And I know it's not a very long game, so I'm clearly not, you know, ingesting hours and hours and hours at a time of it. I'm probably, I don't know. If anything, be. I'm actually kind of trying to tease it out a little bit so that I don't <laughs> just like try to churn through the whole thing quickly. But I kind of got into like a combat situation, which was interesting. The story keeps turning uh, in places that I wasn't expecting. There was a very long conversation with someone who ate a hot dog that was really just 
something else and mm-hmm. did you have that conversation i did have a conversation with a person who ate a very unfortunate hot dog did you keep pressing i didn't keep pressing but i did get the gist of they were not very happy did you not hear about the limo no i didn't get that part wow that's a real shame because if anybody gets to that part and runs into somebody for whom maybe you persuaded them to eat a hot dog just keep saying i want to hear more because Boy, howdy, that's a hell of a tale. Okay. Uh, it's, I feel it's bad. I, at a certain point, it seemed like they weren't going to talk to me more, so I kind of moved on, but I guess maybe there was more there I could have pressed on. Worst day of that person's life. Didn't it's, sound good. Yeah. No. It's but it had funny. to happen. Yeah, it was good. In, 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 like in, a, in a tale of sadness, it is yeah. a pretty funny part. Can hot dogs go bad? These can. Hmm. The, the one, these, the one described here has definitely met its at the end of its shelf life sometime previous. Okay, I mean, yeah. I, obviously anything can go bad, I guess, with enough time and contamination or whatever. But I always just think of hot dogs as like a cooked and b so full of fillers and chemical preservatives that they're barely food. I think these are beyond vintage dogs mm-hmm. in, in this game. So these yeah, Norco, would, these, these would be uncovered by an archaeologist. Only sad thing I have gameplay-wise about Norco was I was cruising in the back of the pickup truck and the monkey flew out. And yeah, I saw that. Ah, I like you that have to monkey. secure your monkey. Come on, I know. Always secure I your monkey. Secure your monkey before you secure yourself. But I was bummed, and I thought maybe that was uh, too many, uh, too many passengers or, or something. Maybe they had to get rid of one. But I was bummed. I was yeah. Bummed. This, yeah, I'm, I think I'm nearing the end of it. Um, I have, I've only, I only played like another like hour and a half, two hours of it since the last time we talked and it felt like I'm, I'm nearing the conclusion of this thing. I think if it has one failing, it's that it, when it has to resort to mini game stuff to, you know, kind of portray certain events that are going on in the game, the mini games are the weakest part especially when it asks for, like, rhythm stuff because it just doesn't, like, the timing of it feels a little off. Agreed. Um, But that's it. That is, like, my criticism of that game. Beyond that, I think just about everything it does works in pretty good harmony. And, like you said, the storytelling, the writing, the characters, like, there is a lot of texture there that has kept me engrossed in this thing. And I think, if like I said, if I had more time or I'd been a little less sensitive about, like, hey, I don't want to just burn through this thing... I definitely would have finished it by now, and I probably will finish it by next week. It it's is, on my uh, short list for this year. It's yeah, me too. It, it's it, like it, that it's, tunic and Elden good. Ring, and then maybe like a little bit lower, like Sifu. Those are kind of the games that have resonated with me so far this year. Not Horizon. I I don't I <laughs> I okay. I will say this: I did go back to Horizon for like an hour and change this past uh-huh. week. Just to see if it was a thing that I could pick back mm-hmm. up from the weeks of not playing it. And I think I could. I think if okay. I can find some block off time for it, I think I can do it. I just, it's not, it hasn't hit for me the way it hit for you guys. And I think that's, it, and I don't have any real hard feelings toward it in that regard. I just don't think it's one of my tops. At least not so far. I mean, I'm, I'm really kind of with you gameplay wise. Like, <clears throat> 90% of the interest I have in picking that game back up is just seeing where the story goes. Yeah. Like, I'm I'm kind of with you on the gameplay front. I don't, I don't mind it. I don't, I don't know. I wouldn't, 
I wouldn't like go to I bat did for my it. checklist open world game for the year, and that was that was Ghostwire. I decided to throw my eggs in the Ghostwire basket for some reason that haunted for shame. I come man, was it? It was literally two weeks ago today. Maybe three. We, maybe three weeks. That we was it three? Maybe it was three. I need to look. No, I hang on. That we time to, time does not make any sense to me one, anymore. Two, so oh, maybe you're right. Actually, I think it, maybe it was three. Ghostwire also the, had a pretty decent preview cycle. So yeah, be confusing the, the, the point is, the point is, I completely forgot the Ghostwire Tokyo came out. Yeah, completely. I, Horizon may be one of the more fleshed out open world games in a deluge of open world collectathon games. I think they handle it very well. As I was saying before, the combat, I wouldn't go to bat for it. In this is the this is peak open world combat, mm-hmm. but I, I am finding myself with the finish line, or it feels like the finish line steps away now turning and moving parallel to the finish line to try and do everything before the end of the game because i'm not quite sure i should just look it up or maybe someone can tell me if they dump you back into the world or what is the state of that you know first game i think i can't remember was it one of those load your last saves before the end it's either it's either that or the event has taken place and you're just back out there i forget okay it might be the former i think it might be it's like save before the last battle permanently this game seems pretty generous in all of its player interactions to not not fumble and trip across the finish line in that way where it oh, locks yeah, yeah. you out I'd, of those things. I'd, I'd bet money that you can go back afterwards or you can just yeah. make a hard save before you go finish it. Yeah, I should just do that and just and see the end because I am very curious. Elden Ring in our grand tour of the uh, of the games of mid- early 2022. I almost fired it up last night. I've been in like a standoff with it. Mm-hmm. I lost an enormous number of souls, like way deep into Castle Morn, and I never found the. I always want to call it a bonfire, the point of grace, or whatever site of grace. Like I never oh, find, so I never, I never found the grace inside the castle. I've only got the one at the beginning. So they're still there. So yes, like it's been like three weeks or something. Oh no, they're just. Like, I just, they're, I just they're waiting for you, Brad, because it's so long to get. It's kind of that. Have, have you guys been there? It's in the south of the map. I, don't I know where so. it is. It's the it's the castle where there's like a servant revolt. Yeah, I haven't actually done anything there yet. Or whatever. Anyway, like it's kind of a slog. Like the enemies in there are kind of a pain to deal with. There's a spot early on where like there's like eight enemies all kind of in a cluster and you have to like, I think they all but tell you like you should kind of, you know, aggro each of these once mm. one after the other in turn because I did it all together at once and it's like six people coming at me from different sides them out. Just, right so like that process takes forever of like oh man yeah. I've got to like got to drag one of these guys over and kill them and then get the next one over and it's just like I just it's like half an hour to get back to where <laughs> I died and I just can't bring myself to do it again do you remember how what do we talk what kind of load are we talking about it was a lot. There? yeah it was at least two levels Ooh, oh, that's rough that is tough business yeah would yeah. you feel better if you just walked out and died immediately and just that burden were, were gone from you? Probably. Or would you probably. feel, would you like to be close? Because I feel like if you get close to it, you're going to be so frustrated if you die. You should just turn your character that's, around and jump off a cliff. That's probably good for another month of not playing Elden Ring. Yeah. Like if Maybe you, if you, month, if like you spend 25 minutes trying to go get it and, and get, you know, really close and die at the end, I feel like that's a controller breaking moment versus. Take fate into your own hands, turn around, jump off a cliff, and those cells are just... Well, see, this is the problem. Now that the idea has been introduced, that's exactly what's going to happen. 
Mm-hmm. There's no way I am not going to get way into my own head. Yeah. Two minutes before I get to where my souls are and eat shit. There's freedom <laughs> how, in that, though. How uh, how many do you have? Some, just some items like I don't know what the equivalent of grass or healing items that you could just burn to go get them. Hmm. Like Probably. Load, may load I never feel up like and, it's. I never feel like it's like an item supply problem no. that leads to deaths in those games for me. You're right. It's just a more comedy of errors. It's like something mm-hmm. that I just super didn't see coming. Yeah. We're just like, oh, if I just, oh, I just got to hit them one more time and they're dead. And then, oh, there was a, mm, I'll oh. say, I'll say for my part, I am giving serious consideration to just starting that game over. And I know that, like that sounds maybe a little crazy, but here's the thing. I didn't get that far in with my bandit character. I got far enough that I feel like I got a pretty good feel for like, you know, most of the opening map area and kind of some of the, like where everything is around there and. You know, I still never actually got around to beating Margit, so I just yeah, kind of like, I'm 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 of the mind that like maybe the thing to do is to start back over with like a samurai that goes heavy on bleed, or maybe even just like a magic character with some really stupid spells, and just focus on that because the bandit's fine. It's just it, I don't think it was the ideal for what I needed to kind of get into a rhythm with that game. Like it's I've I've been doing pretty well at just like not in non boss situations. But I wonder if maybe like maybe trying a different build and maybe knowing a little bit more about like how to get through that early game stuff might make it a little more compelling. It's not that I don't think the game is compelling; it's that it's just been so long at this point that like if I ever was gonna start over, maybe now is just the time. If if, if I were you, with the progress you made and also the lack of experience with that fran- franchise or series or that studio's games, I would do exactly that. Yeah. If I were like also. Like the the classical kind of entry level class in those games has always been a kind of like weapon in one hand, fireball in the other sort of thing. Right. Like like the Royal and Demon Souls, the Pyromancer and Dark Souls One. Like it's always like a one handed weapon and can throw some kind of magic projectile. Is sort of sure. the like here's the one you should. I think that's let's see. I think Confessor is probably the closest to that in this. That's the one I was thinking of. I was going to go the magic build. Right. And, you know, you're never bound to anything. Like, you can you can respec, and you can also just, you know, level in whatever direction you want, but that's the starting point. But that gives you tools, you know? That gives you, yeah. like, oh, I can, I can, like, one-hand sword and shield it, and then switch to fireball when I need projectiles, and, like, that's that's kind of the, 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 the versatile jack-of-all-trades for, for new players. Yeah. I think, I just, you know, I, I think at this point, like, to get back on that track, I might need to just let go of what I did before and just treat that as the practice run because it's just sort of hard. I'm finding to get back into a rhythm, that thing after weeks away, like it's just like I was, I did all this stuff. I couldn't remember where I had been and what I had done. Obviously the map is uncovered in ways where I can kind of get an idea of that, but it's just like, I had a, I had a through line. I had a thread that I was following at one point and that's just gone now. The ultimate lose all your souls. Start over. Yeah. It's free. Well, one other thing I'll say before we take a break here. Mm-hmm. I've been playing a lot of Flight Simulator. Uh-oh. Oh, love it so much. I, I that, that Flight Yoke makes a lot of difference. I also went back to American Truck Simulator this past There we week. go. Well, the shit, simulator what, life. What am I going to simulate? I don't uh, know. Let's see. What do we got? We got Goats? lawnmower simulator. We've got a power washing simulator. We got motorcycles. A goat mm. simulator. What kind of expensive peripheral can you get into? Uh, mechs. Mechs. Get is into like a, mechs. Is there like a data center simulator? 
or something. There's build a NAS simulator, like a server yes. rack simulator. I think there is a there was a gaming PC builder simulator, mm. but those that's in those like simulator game simulators, not the you can overspend and you're downloading weird things that could be viruses or a deep into a simulator community things. I man, I just like it. It's just uh, the thing I did when I got home last night uh, was boot up flight simulator and do the drive, but fly it. I jumped in a plane and did flew from here to Vermont in an hour yeah, and a half. That does just sound kind of nice. Had a tea next to me and just did it in real time. And uh, it's I mean, relaxing. Do you do anything else at all? Do you like? I listen to a phone? podcast. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I, I have a podcast on, and I, I listen to it. And I, I had a feeling there had to be something else going on there. <laughs> you, yeah, you, you can't just be looking out the window for that for an hour or whatever it is. No, I had a podcast on because I I was gone, so I you know had caught up on some stuff podcast wise, and but it was great. I I really I really like that stuff. I don't know if I would be able to do like a five hour one straight, but I might try. I don't know. There are some movie flights I want to do. There are some flights from movies that I want to try and like see. Like, what's one? There's that movie Greenland. I don't know if you remember that. It was an end oh, of the wow. world okay. movie. Oh, okay. All right. Yes, the Gerard Butler movie. Yes. Yes, yes. And they fly They fly from somewhere on the East Coast to Greenland. Mm-hmm. And I, I want to know how long that flight would actually take. If you what the Because they have a whole thing about that flight at the end of the movie. The weight on the plane and how much fuel is on it. And so I kind of want to see what that whole flight would be like. I think a flight across the Atlantic Ocean might be a tough one to do if there's no A, if there's without using just autopilot and B, without just skipping legs of that flight, because that is just that's just staring out into ocean at some point. So I don't know. I don't know. Listening to a podcast, though, that's what I do. I mean, there are people that do like that do racing simulators that do like the what is it? 24 hours of Le Mans, like that whole yeah. thing, like they will do that for real. So I'm sure. I'm sure somebody is crossing the Atlantic in real time. A flight around. I wonder what a flight around the world would be in a non-commercial aircraft. Like in, in a n- non-big one. I'm not sure stuff? it is possible in anything. Oh, like, not 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 continuous with with legs. Stopping oh, oh, for with, oh, okay. with refueling. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Not not continuous. How many stop? How few stops could to, you do that? Do in? the do the afterburner thing or just aerial refuel if you refuel it the whole way? Yeah. Did it, did it. Uh, yes, I wonder that that might be a fun challenge at some point to plot an around the world flight without and turn on, you know, all the like if you crash, you crash because I bet at some point in the 20 hours ish, you're probably probably pretty groggy. You know, you can put an autopilot on it and keep you straight in a straight line, probably. All right, let's take a break. We're going to come back. We're going to talk about some news. We'll be right back. This week's show is brought to you by ExpressVPN. Alex Navarro, Brad Shoemaker. You're not going to walk out of the house naked, right? Not if I can help it. You're going to put your VPN on first. Yeah, of course. Of course. One leg at a time, like I always do. (laughs) ExpressVPN is the easiest way to browse safely, securely, and just better. I just use ExpressVPN. I was away on a trip. I've had ExpressVPN for a couple of years here. When I got on that hotel Wi-Fi, I slipped right into ExpressVPN. One click, very easy. Get in there, and then I was able to access 
the internet, let's say. What are you doing on that vacation there? I was. I had to access my GitHub account, and I was doing some coding, and then I used my ExpressVPN, and then VPNed into my home computer. Likely story. Uh-huh. And then I watched, you know, I watched some videos, you know, and it's fast enough. That's what they all say. It's got great speeds. It was connected very easily. I was even able to stream in HD problemless on the hotel Wi-Fi. And they didn't know they didn't know a damn thing. Says here you can connect to ExpressVPN and you won't even realize you have it on, which I can vouch for. It's pretty seamless. So right now, go to expressvpn.com slash nextlander and you can get an extra three months of ExpressVPN for free. That's expressvpn.com slash nextlander to get three extra months of ExpressVPN. ExpressVPN.com slash nextlander. Thanks, ExpressVPN. And we're back. And now it is time for the news. And there's stuff going on, whether it's new games being announced, remakes being announced. Or the same old nonsense going on. There's news out there. Let's start with some new stuff being announced. Let's start with this new Kingdom Hearts. My God, they're doing it. I feel like Kingdom Hearts just 3 just came out like three years ago, two years ago. What are we talking about? Two years ago, I believe. Um... I know we were in an office when it came out. I can tell you that. (laughs) But that's the thing. I think that was one of the last things that came out before we disappeared from office work. No, actually, it was over a year before that. Was it really? So Uh, January 2019. Okay, so it was three years ago. Okay. So here we are now with an announcement of another Kingdom Hearts as we quickly and rapidly approach a 20th anniversary is that what's happening or well, it has just, passed not just any new king of kingdom hearts but a kingdom hearts four yes a yeah, mainline kingdom hearts as much as I, any kingdom hearts can be a mainline game i feel so naive i thought they were done they would never be done not like done done but at least you know it's like oh we're gonna make some other weirdly named offshoots for mobile platforms or well, something well it's but telling like, that this video that i would that i looked at when I was looking at this news story on Polygon, I was like, oh, great, I'm going to see this announcement, and then, like, the first five minutes of it are just two mobile games that they show before the Kingdom Hearts yes. thing. Yes, yes. So they are doing that. They yes. are, in fact, doing that exact thing. <laughs> Although those names were way too sensible to be mobile offshoots. Yeah, they're not crazy enough. Of Kingdom Hearts. They're not 358 over two days or whatever. Yeah. Birth by sleep, but... So I, this I, is I, a new mainline console, Kingdom Hearts-ass Kingdom Hearts, Sora, Goofy, Donald, the Necromancer. I will say that I have not actually watched that much of uh, Kingdom Hearts' press materials prior to that, and uh, even though I should have been prepared for it, I was not ready for Donald Duck speaking Japanese in the Donald Duck voice. Mm. Just did not have it. Did not have the wherewithal to accept that into my brain the moment it happened. I I just kind of rolled with it, because the alternative is to not, I guess. Yeah. Also, I have to correct myself. I'm sorry. Donald Duck is a warlock. Yes. Yes, please get it right. Please get it right. Very different. But this is a uh, new arc. This is a new storyline. It is not a specific offshoot of the last one, last trilogy, if you can call that a trilogy. It's more like 17 games. But uh, this is supposedly a whole new thing that they are launching here. Yeah. A whole new thing, but also... A whole new world, you might say. Oh, 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 that's beautiful. But also the return of those characters, like you said. 
So yes. the, the characters are returning for another a new arc. I yeah, I, I had thought I had thought Goofy was dead canonically, but maybe they fixed <laughs> that at some point along the way. Maybe they actually did resurrect him. I don't know. I don't follow the series close enough to know what the hell is going on here. Did y'all play three? No, I played, some, I played some of three. Some three. I played some of three. I mm. I found myself pretty lost, and I would rely on Jan to try and help me out. And then we played some of one together for a show to try and. It's just you know they you realized that, your folly. They well, it's just I, dense, man. I like what's going on there in the nonsense, but it is a lot to keep up with. And they have that collection which you can get and try and tie everything together in one package. But now it's broken now because you've got games that are outside of it. Kingdom Hearts. Kingdom Hearts fans rejoice. More Kingdom Hearts is coming. Though, I wonder if Kingdom Hearts fans are tired. I wonder if Kingdom Hearts. Ah. I, 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 I would have to talk to one. I haven't talked to one in a while. But I would have to talk to one to find out, hey, I was good with that arc. I'm glad we're done. I'm ready to move on. I was, I was eight when it started. And now yeah. I'm 30. And now I'm ready to move on to some other stuff. Or if Kingdom Hearts fans are like, yes, more Sora. More I saw nothing but enthusiasm around this announcement. Great. I would I hey, I love enthusiasm. So Yeah, it's not like I don't know some Kingdom Hearts fans. Oh, the Kingdom Hearts cops are coming. Um <laughs> it's not like I don't know some Kingdom Hearts fans that carry around their love of that series like it's a giant boulder on their shoulders. Like they are not Atlas trying to keep the Kingdom Hearts universe up above them at all times. But I also know a lot of people who are just very unapologetically in love with everything. Maybe not everything, but at least all the mainline stuff in that series. So yeah. I'm sure they're very happy right now. I, the best people who love Kingdom Hearts that I know know it's ridiculous and love it because it's ridiculous. Oh, yeah. I, the, I, I think I've yet to personally meet a Kingdom Hearts fan that says, stop laughing at Kingdom Hearts. Because if, if you're... I, I don't know if could you be your brain would your brain would break right if you took it too seriously it, it seems like a thing that might be impossible to do you, you couldn't you couldn't fit those pieces together it's I, not I built know. for that sort of thing yeah I, I don't know if the creators are with you on that like it is incredibly earnest and the only way it can exist is by being just at irony level zero at all times yes. but the fandom does not have to treat it that way by any yeah. stretch yeah yeah, well, this doesn't have a date yet, this number four here. and I wouldn't so even presume a year at this point. <laughs> like, not a chance. Yeah, so we'll I'd, probably I'd, see more. I don't know. Until until Donald and Goofy popped up at the very end, I was like, is this even Disney affiliated anymore? I mean, I, I know it is. Like, obviously, business-wise, Disney is totally still involved. But, I mean, in terms of the which foot they chose to put forward in this announcement, mm. like... You don't even get the Disney characters until the little like kind of epilogue on the trailer, right? It's like, is that stuff just in the backseat now? I don't know. But at the same time, people were picking apart every frame of that thing and going <laughs> like, oh, here's evidence that the Star Wars is going to be on it this time. Like, mm. they're, they're putting everything in there. Like, I, I think the Disney part still plays. We are definitely not the ones to frame by frame analysis this, though God, maybe we no. should and, and just be completely wrong about everything. There's a lot. There's a lot in the Disneyverse. There's a lot in the Disney universe. Yep, more every day. Mm -hmm. <laughs> more, th more things disappear into that black hole every day. That's right. Uh, okay, so that is the new Kingdom Hearts. Mm -hmm. And now we get to the remakes. Ooh, we got a lot popping off out there. In the, it's uh, always popping off out here, man. 
Uh, we've got the, Max Payne. The, sir- the sirens cry- cried out like mm-hmm. a cat breathing its last. There you go. Very trying, good. Trying to, no, that's to pretty drive. good. That was pretty yeah. good. Yeah. Trying to, I don't know. Channel your Max Payne. I get it. Max Payne. The, the kind of confusing weaving tale of publishers and Remedy and Rockstar and not Alan Wake comes back with Max Payne 1 and 2 remakes. Yes. Yeah. So Max Payne 1 was p- p- published by Gathering of Developers. The second one was published by Rockstar. And then the third one was developed by Rockstar and yes. not by Remedy. That Sorry. is the lineage there. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> but uh, so, yeah, Remedy is p- going to create a single product that includes remakes of Max Payne 1 and 2. And mm. these are not just remasters. These are like they are giving a full on big budget remake production to this. Which, based on my time trying to get Max Payne running on PC uh, in this, the year of our Lord 2022, that is probably necessary. Yeah, man. What a rotten situation. Like, those games are borderline broken on modern Windows, and yet they continue they just to sell are them by on default. Steam. They are broken. Yeah. yeah, like, the user reviews on Steam are nothing but negative from people oh, going, wow. like, hey, this doesn't work anymore. Like, you can't run this on Windows 10. Why are you still selling this? Like, oh, wow. I could not get the game part of Max Payne 1 to load until I used a user-made fix pack to fix yeah, a bunch of stuff. There, there's a ton of fan-made patches for those games to basically get them to work now in Windows, but it's a mess. That's a real shame. Uh, so these are... Man, like, what is what is Remedy? Like, Remedy just They're doing, doing some work stuff. right now. Like, they've got Alan Wake 2 happening. They've got that control multiplayer game. And now they're remaking two Max Payne games. Like, that's a lot for what I thought to be a single game studio pretty much mm. until now. Seems like they're expanding. Yeah. And, you know, I again, so. Control was a huge success for them for after a period of not having huge success. So I wonder if now they'd feel like they have a little more room to breathe and to yeah. hire up and, and build some stuff. Yeah, I mean, I, I th- I'm sitting here trying to decide if I want to say Control is the best game they've ever made. I think so. I think it's the most complete so. game they've ever made. I think so, yeah. It's not perfect. There's some no. things about it I would I would change, but it's probably my favorite thing they've ever made. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, I'm, I'm curious to see what form this takes because the press release kind of refers to it as like two games in one sort of thing. Mm-hmm. What is the actual language? I had it in front of me a minute ago. Uh, Remedy will develop the games as a single title. I don't know if that just means like you boot it up and there's a select screen like play Max Payne 1, play Max Payne 2, or if they're actually going to try to like merge them together into some Mm. sort of single coherent experience. I don't know. I I remember the timeline for where Max Payne 2 starts being at least a decent bit after the events of Max Payne 1. So I feel like it has to be that thing, that first thing you described where it's just like we are developing these in tandem, but they are still separate products within the one skew that you will be buying. Yeah. Also my memory, and it could be very faulty because didn't Max Payne two come out in like 2004 or something somewhere around like there. Yeah. Somewhere, yeah. 2003 actually. Yeah. Wow. I, I feel like I remember Max Payne two being way more serious and less cheesy than the first one. It's still like, replete with like the incredibly ham fisted narration and, you know, just kind of the, the thick noir drip over everything. Yes. But Yes, I do believe that game got a little more self-serious than Max Payne 1 was about. I th- honestly, <laughs> I think it's all just embodied in the treatment of the Max Payne face between those two oh, games. Oh, totally. It's like in 2, he just looks like a very stern, serious, hard-boiled detective with like actual facial expressions that change. Mm-hmm. 
as opposed to as opposed to the perpetual Sam Lake grimace <laughs> that we know and love so well. From if the they first game. do not take this opportunity to like canonize Max Payne as an incredibly high res face scan of just Sam Lake, they are cowards. <laughs> cowards uh, and poltroons alike. Excited to see how that stuff plays out. At the very least, they need to reference it somewhere. If they if they're gonna go, this is gonna be on uh, the. The control engine, right? Northlight? Presumably. Yes. Whatever their current in-house engine is, yeah. Yes, correct. Which, uh, that's fun. That's a fun engine. It works. It's, te- it's a t- fun technical piece. Yeah, it's cool. I'm curious to see what this means for, like, Remedy and Max Payne generally going forward now that they've got this working relationship with Rockstar again. Because, like, remember, they straight up came out and announced their, like, Remedy-connected universe mm. a couple years ago. And obviously very conspicuously omitted Max Payne because they don't own it, you know? But they kind of, they flat out were like, yeah, Control and Alan Wake and and I guess Quantum Break. Like, they all happen in the same universe. Yeah. Except for that one game that we don't speak of. So but I don't know, know what this means, like, in the future for more Max Payne and Remedy. I guess that will really boil down to whether or not they ever go out of their way to acknowledge Max Payne 3 or not. And I'm not saying that as someone who doesn't like Max Payne 3. I think Max Payne 3 is actually pretty good and maybe I, not does not get enough credit for being pretty yeah. solid. Yeah. I think I I am one of those people who doesn't give it enough credit. Like I straight up didn't play it because I remember feeling a slight sense of like, I don't want to say betrayal, but it was just more like, oh, like this was really a remedy thing. Like Max Payne and remedy two peas in a pod. You know what I mean? I think Rockstar got enough right in that game. Not everything. And they definitely lean a little hard on the, Hey, we just saw man on fire. What if we made a game that was man on fire, but they like, you know, like all, like sort of you know genre genre and style pastiches that Rockstar do, they put a lot of time and attention into that pastiche. So I don't know. Like I kind of want to play Max Payne three again. Like it's been long enough, and I'm like, do I remember this being good or is it actually good? So I kind of feel like Remedy feels a bit ascendant at this juncture, as you know, and justifiably so. But Remedy also feels like a studio. For which will be we could be doing a new story about somebody buying or folding into something else. Oh no! Like, please keep the Embracer group out of this. A, yes, an Embracer, a Microsoft, a Sony, somebody looking to bulk up on studios. Remedy seems like a solid studio with that puts out quality product that has a good catalog and a and a history of development that any of those bigger tiers would be happy to have. So I wonder. This tier of studio doesn't seem to exist in the wild for long anymore. You know what I mean? This is big game as big publishers hunt big game studios. And this feels like a big game studio that could be soaked up. Well, I mean, ironically, they kind of I feel like they fit a space that's very similar to like what IO Interactive is now, which is they are now independent, you know, and they are kind of, you know, they obviously they have done work for big publishers, but they are kind of off in their own little world now. Mm -hmm. I think if Control had been less successful, that would be a more likely outcome. I wonder if, like like you said, Remedy being kind of on the uptick yeah. maybe makes that a more expensive proposition and maybe like a less likely thing to happen because it's not, you're not buying a distressed property. You would be buying a currently successful property. Right. Like they, they might just not have any interest in selling, you know, yeah. like they might just be very staunchly independent for now. For sure. As long yeah. as they can. I mentioned Embracer and I didn't want to, like there was a quick news story that I didn't put into the news here where they basically say like, Hey, we're still on a, we're still looking for more studios to buy. We're still like, it almost reads like a threat, <laughs> but yeah, it seems like they still have a bunch of money. They want to throw at studios to be embraced. 
So, yeah, uh, Beamdog just got acquired by Aspire, which itself was acquired by Embracer, right? Like, isn't that right? I'm not dreaming that up. I've lost track of who (laughs) went where, but I think that might be true. Is this this what's happening? Like, now Embracer is embracing through its proxies that it's already embraced instead of, like, uh, yeah. Beamdog also announced an interesting-looking game, Mythforce, yesterday. Did you see that? I did yeah. not. Is it, is like it based a four off player, of anything? Four player first person. Like it literally, they, they are quite literally making a first person version of that 80s D&D cartoon. Like, oh, okay. With everything but the unicorn. But I'm sure what, there will be an, an equivalent. What is the gameplay? I, I don't know. They call it like a roguelite experience. It's like some kind of first person multiplayer action game. Beamdog handled those ports of the uh, isometric like uh, like Baldur's Gate and oh that was them and, I was trying to remember where I knew right? their name from yes they did all of God yes Baldur's Gate one and two Icewind Dale Planescape Torment Neverwinter Nights like they did enhanced editions of like all of those oh my gosh this I did not see this this looks amazing or at least yeah the, it looks kind of neat like and also it's going into early access next week like it's oh this I would say looks, more than the D and D cartoon this looks like Dragon Slayer uh, Dragon Slayer in um in first person the that looks awesome yeah i don't don't know exactly what the gameplay is like but it (laughs) seems like it could be neat yeah i mean it kind of looks like dragon's lair meets um uh what is uh what the hell is overwatch Mm. Uh, in in, in this in this video like a, a, a talent bar at the bottom first person run around i mean this very this very quick little thing I'm watching here. That looks great. Ah, sign me up. I like that style for sure. Uh, all right. Well, Max Payne coming at you. Unannounced dates for that stuff. Yes. So, uh, keep, I'm sure that is a long ways <laughs> off. Keep an eye out. I'm going to say at least a couple of years minimum. We'll move into the updates on the Activision. You know they're coming. This is going to be coming for a while. So Activision's updates in the Microsoft slash uh, a merger part verse or, or or you might get the Activision lawsuit update. Yeah. So uh, which one do we have today, Alex? Uh, today we have the Activision lawsuit update. Okay. And this is this is pretty like recently breaking, like literally right before we started recording this. So there's not a whole lot to say here yet, except that there is a specific accusation being made. Uh, and in this case, it is one of the lawyers uh, for California's uh, the uh, what is the name of that organization? Department of Fair Employment and Housing. That's the one. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, there is a very specific accusation being made here uh, by Assistant Chief Counsel uh, Melanie Proctor, uh, basically saying that the the Gavin Newsom administration, the governor of California, has been interfering specifically in their case, which is still set to go to trial, I think, early next year. Uh, on behalf of the former uh, current and former employees of Activision Blizzard. Uh, the accusation here is that their, her boss at the agency, uh, who was chief counsel Jeanette Whipper, uh, had been abruptly fired by the governor, and that uh, basically like that the, the leadership of this organization was being messed with, uh, presumably, to, I, I don't know if specifically to affect or to change the outcome of like where this this investigation is going, but it sounds like you know I mean that's a pretty heavy accusation to be mm-hmm. levying. Well, I mean specifically she she 
She described the interference from the governor's office as, quote, mimicking the interests of Activision's counsel. Yeah. Just like pretty... Uh, Not a lot explicit. of room for interpretation there. Pretty explicit there. Do we have any idea what interest Newsom has in this whole thing? Not exactly, because he, as far as I know, and you probably are not surprised to learn this, Activision Blizzard was not in the habit of uh, throwing heavy political donations at a Democratic governor. Shocking, right? Right. Like, as far as I know, there is no evidence of Bobby Kotick being like a heavy donor for Gavin Newsom. So there isn't that specific connection. But beyond that, like, it's like all I could do is speculate. And I'm hesitant Mm. to speculate in something where literally the governor of the of one of the biggest states of the United States is being accused of meddling in a criminal investigation, or I guess a civil investigation in this case. But like, I mean, we know that the, the federal settlement went through. Um, the one that resulted in was it something like eighteen million dollar fund, mm-hmm. and so, but the the state you know investigation was ongoing. They were complaining about the federal uh, settlement because they thought it was going to cause some headaches for them as far as like getting their case in front of you know a jury. And now we've got this. So I don't know what the actual state of this investigation is at this point. Like, is this thing dead in the water now that the people who were, you know, sort of at the forefront of this thing are resigned or fired? Is it going to continue on, limp along and then just kind of end up going nowhere? Like, there's a lot here that just isn't known. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and it's. It feels messy on all fronts where you can you can probably spout any any conspiracy theory and it could wind up being right. Like it is, it it is so tangled up in federal state, the merger, the actual labor stuff that is happening, the unionization attempts. There are so many interests in this and so many people who want to get something or block something from happening. It's hard to even, like you said, even speculate without feeling like you're, you're off in outer space. I I don't know. It's, it's wild. There's, you know, we we covered last week or the week before where there were three centers trying to four at four trying to at the very least say, hey, let's put pump the brakes a little bit and 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 look into this merger because because of citing specifically the labor union stuff. Yeah, and, and, and so it is. It's intense, and I'm, I would imagine that now this is again pure speculation that some of those eyeballs are looking at what's happening over at Amazon and at the unionization over there and wondering, is this a, you know, is this a movement that's happening? How does this apply to what's happening over at Activision or, or on these fronts could be unrelated. I don't know. Stuff at that level of politics is beyond me. It just feels like every time the Katamari ball ball of this like case rolls a little further, it picks up something enormous and like unwieldy every time a new detail is added. In this case, yeah, literally the an accusation of a governor's administration yeah. interfering in the investigation. <laughs> this time the Katamari ball picked up Gavin Newsom. Yeah. Yep. Or Gavin Newsom's hair. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's a that's a hard one to miss, I guess. God. So yeah, th- this case it just feels all in, you're right. It feels all encompassing everything at some point. I'm sure we will be talking about climate change and the impact of this whole thing. And, Oh, you know what the effects are there. It feels like it is going to be the one story. It's the uh, every case all in yeah, one. Yeah, really? Well, update there. I'm sure we'll have more in the near future. Now 
One of my favorite topics as of late, as I have been monkeying around with timestamps and date stuff on my own hobby time. Mm-hmm. Turns out computer time, it's a problem for everybody. It not is just, indeed. Not just your hobbyist program. Yeah, this is a weird one. And it, it, as far as I know, there has been no like real closure on what exactly caused this what what is actually going on here but you know there are some theories going around so if you are an owner of uh like some classic playstation one games uh on like say you know one of the other playstation platforms uh you may have run into a situation where you can no longer play those games because you were being told that you had purchased the purchase for that game had been expired on or thereabouts, December 31st, 1969, which is obviously ludicrous. No one was playing video games back then. <laughs> no, they were inventing Unix, though. Yes. yes, and that does seem to be the one common thread that everyone is kind of coming back to, is that it appears that there is some kind of bug somewhere in the larger PlayStation ecosystem that is causing some of these pl- these classic games to revert back to what is effectively the the opening date of Unix, which I believe is January 1st, 1970. Yeah, the opening salvo. Yeah, and so if it, when you get this bug, it essentially says, like, this game you own, you can no longer play. And no one has quite found a fix yet that actually resets this or changes it if you are in that situation. Now, presumably, there's something they could do on the server side to fix this. I, at least I fucking hope so. Oh, it's uh, got to be some database is being redirected. It's like something's not hitting something and it's plugging in a default timestamp or it's it's like, hey, if you can't reach the credentials here, use this by default. Yeah. Or, or and that default weird. date is unfortunately breaking everything. Yeah. It's so, you know, just saying if you uh, if you own a bunch of old PlayStation classics on a PlayStation platform and you want to just double check, you might want to double check. Just this, make sure. This- this really was just like a perfect storm of bad circumstances aligning to make this look as awful as possible. Cause like Chrono Cross is one of those classics that stopped working for a lot of people, like almost exactly at the same moment that that, that, that remaster came out, you know? And I assume everyone certainly. made the, made the leap to, Oh, well yes. obviously square Enix is canceling this for yes. everyone. Uh, also, you know, like it just, uh, the, the kind of more hardcore preservationists out there immediately started, you know, treating this like a five alarm fire of like, I literally saw people on Twitter just being like, like, I told you, this is what happens. This is like, this is what you asked for. You decided to trade convenience <laughs> for preservation. And now look what you get. <laughs> like they can take them away at any time. I mean, that, like, that is not wrong. But- I mean, it's not entirely wrong. I mean, like that kind of assumes that this was intentional, which it doesn't seem like it mm-hmm. was necessarily, but also I'm kind of shocked that they haven't fixed it or even addressed it yet. Like I tried to find this more like, when I when I looked again this morning, I was like, surely they have just restored these games by now, right? But like, have they? I mean, I couldn't find any sign. I have not seen any morning. indication that this is actually fixed yet. That yeah, that they had done anything or even messaged about it. Really, somewhere so, somebody is like, call call them up and get the freaking password to the server. They, that dude left like four years ago. Call them. You ha- we have to log into the server. You're telling me we don't have a backup of this server anywhere? No, it was under my de- it was under my desk the whole time. <laughs> what do you? Who plays these games? Do you see? Nobody. Do you see, Larry? Do you see what happens when you rely on a platform holder for <laughs> preservational purposes? I told you. Have you tried Sony One Two Three? I tried that. Yes. Have you Wait, tried does this Sony One Two Three? Should go out in the driveway and take a baseball bat to my PlayStation Five set. That's no, it. your yeah. PlayStation 3. Don't don't okay. let's not go that crazy. 
Yeah, that's um, computer dates. Yeah. yeah, presumably they'll fix it eventually. I'm kind of shocked, though, that it's been, gosh, the better part of a week. That is and that is pretty not, wild. I have not seen any sign that they've done so. Someone has to get a hold of Ken Kutaragi because he's the only one with the thumb drive that can fix this. But no one I knows wonder, where he is. Maybe they pushed some back-end update that just misrouted some something. Yeah, and yeah. To kind of run it through all the bug testing again. Don't worry. When you get PlayStation Super plus maximum whatever the fuck it is, then uh-huh. it'll all be fixed then. Or stop trying to cheat. If your game's expired in 1969 or 1970, stop trying to cheat the systems. Listen, we all know you, you were done. You were listening. You, you had some BTO on. You were, you were playing. <laughs> I don't even, does that, does that track? Yes, yes. No, I was rocking Blue Oyster Cult while I was playing Chrono Cross, as <laughs> yeah, we all yeah, were I mean, as like ch- that, children. Yes, that, that, just get out that copy of Chrono Cross you bought on vinyl back in 1968. I mean, yeah. That never, Chrono that never Cross, I'm burning for you. Uh, all right. Uh, this this next story here file under what is going on I don't understand for my personal take. It's on the metaverse, it. Vinny. No, whenever, I wanna... so, whenever something is announced and you don't really understand what it's for or why it's happening, the answer is invariably the metaverse. Oh no, it's I mean it's literally in the first line of this announcement. <laughs> yes, <laughs> it absolutely is the metaverse. Why is Sony investing uh, another billion with Epic? Well, you know, they were looking around under the couch and they just found another billion dollars and they're like, well, you know, we're not doing anything with this right now. What if we gave it to Epic so they could give us the metaverse? And somebody in the corner was like, I just need I just need like 500 bucks and I can fix this server. The date thing's going to happen. No, sorry. What? No, we're busy. We have bigger things. We have bigger plans. And it is to take PlayStation VR into the metaverse, whatever the fuck that is. So, so what's going on here? So what's happening? So Sony has previously invested some money uh, over the last few years in Epic. Uh, most of those were in like the here's two hundred fifty million dollar range, mm-hmm. uh, and those were kind of just you know investments in the future, whatever that may be. They did not have a, like a real specific thing to it, other than we believe Epic is important for the PlayStation platform. Now they're giving them a billion bucks. Um, they apparently Epic announced a new wave of fundraising, uh, in the 2 billion range, half of which is from PlayStation. And it is to further the development of new digital fan experiences and the metaverse. <laughs> Gotta have a metaverse strategy. Hey, what's, what's, what's your metaverse strategy? Investors are asking. They want uh, to know. It's to take a, one of those t-shirt guns, fill it with a mm-hmm. billion dollars and fire it at North Carolina. Yeah. Can I- can I read verbatim quotes here? To, Please do. To, to drive home just that we're not, we're, we're kind of joking, but not really joking. Mm-hmm. This, this one comes from Tim Sweeney. This investment will accelerate our work to build the metaverse and create spaces where players can have fun with friends. Brands can build creative and immersive experiences and creators can build a community and thrive. What? I am still waiting for one of these to not just describe PlayStation Home. I mean, the CEO that has not of Sony, yet. like the CEO of Sony, in the same announcement, mm-hmm. described the metaverse field as a space where creators and users share their time. It's like, oh, you know what the metaverse <laughs> is? Then I'm glad somebody. <laughs> oh, did. it's the internet. You're describing oh. the fucking internet. Oh, somebody actually just said what they think the metaverse is. Like that's a, that's a first. Share their time. Finally. What is going on? I mean, it's li- literally everybody wants a metaverse strategy. Like that's it's a thing you are supposed to have now, and so money is getting thrown around. Like that's just. 
I but but all these words, we are also confident that Epic's Epic's ex- expertise will accelerate our various efforts, such as the development of new digital fan experiences in sports and our virtual production initiatives. These things are just, they're just words. They're buzzwords. Well, hey, they have got $2 billion now to hire a bunch of new people and figure it out. And that's the part that I would like to just hone in on here for a second. Epic, the company that makes Unreal Engine, that makes Fortnite, Mm -hmm. that basically Mm -hmm. is just a money machine at this point. Mm Mm-hmm. Why do they need another $2 billion to do the nebulous blah, 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 over there with the metaverse? It's better to better to fund your growth with somebody else's money than with your own. That's, that's I guess. Right I mean, again, yes, any company that prints money, you could always be printing more money. That is in- inherently the nature of this stuff. It is just, I just, I, if I am one of the companies that is like throwing this money around, I, I can see right now the moment when they are going to be backing off of all of this and just have to report on their, it's like, yeah, we threw a bunch of money at this metaverse thing. Whoops. Well, but- yeah, I know. I mean, look, I, I am no f- professional financeman, but mm-hmm. also, you know, I mean, look at the trajectory of Epic over the last few years, like shares of Epic are worth a lot more than they used to be. Right. Yeah. So like they could potentially be taking in a lot more of this money and giving up a lot less of their ownership. Like they, they go out of the way to point out that since Tim Sweeney is still the, uh, majority shareholder and has the controlling interest in the company even after this investment. So, so you 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 you're saying that maybe it is just put money in Epic, take money out of take more money out when it does well for you, like an actual typical investment, not like a quid pro quo. Well, what I mean is like a, a billion dollars get, doesn't get you as much of Epic as it would have like six, seven, eight years ago. Is true. Sure, that is it, diluted. Is like by by quite a bit, but like. Epic's got huge ambitions, like very clearly. Yeah. You know, if they're moving to TV and film production and like the talk about the metaverse. I mean, like they're like trying to swim in a very big pond all of a sudden, right? Like, you know, they are after this round of investment that says they are a $31.5 billion company, but compared to, <laughs> compared to all the other companies trying to build the metaverse. Yeah. Like they're nothing, right? Cause like all those other companies have like a trillion dollars or more of market capitalization, right? So. Like Epic, Epic is like doing quite well for itself, but compared to the Facebooks and Googles and Microsofts of the world, they are very small. So, but the, but but Tencent's big, and they've got yeah, close I to I don't like they're forty nine percent or something. Like, oh, no, it's not that much. I don't think it's it's Maybe a high like 40, percentage, but it is not like it's not that high. Forty or something like that. I thought it was like I thought it was just Tim Sweeney. It is. It is forty. It is forty. 40. Yeah. Okay. yeah, that's the thing is that's still a very high percentage for an individual investor. But, you know, I think that at this point, like, Sweeney is very adamant that he maintain a controlling interest. Wow. Apparently Epic was originally known as Potomac Computer Systems. Nice. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know. Maybe, Tencent, maybe this is Tencent's. I mean, Tencent owns everything else in the world that Disney. Well, they don't, right? you know, they don't have the controlling interest, though, like, you know, like they said in there. I'm sure they've got some sway for sure, but, but again, Epic is a company that makes a shit ton of money, not necessarily having to put out a shit ton of products. So I have to imagine that at this point, like there is not necessarily that much they have to say to them to be like, Hey, could you be doing this instead? Yeah. Or I guess my, I, I meant in terms of if they needed more money, Tencent might be willing to pump in some, some extra cash in there. True. Uh, but I don't know if I, I'm, I suspect Tim Sweeney wouldn't, give up that controlling shareholder stake hopefully ever i don't know 
Again, we who, are not financemen. We can just no. all, all we can do is look at this from the outside and go, "What are we doing here?" All I can look at that is say, "Those are a bunch of words that really." And that is a bunch of money. Don't all make I can a lot all I can sense. tell you is that a bunch of people are absolutely sure the metaverse is happening, and they are intent on getting there first. Be like a self. When are we going to get to the metaverse? Oh gosh, how do we know we're not in the? Do you know if you're in the metaverse already? Oh man, let's not. <laughs> Maybe we're already. I've got a pill you can take. It will let oh, you know. No fucking Elon Musk or somebody is going to show up telling us how we're already already living in a simulation. <laughs> I. So if it is a place where it is using my time, let me tell you, I'm in the metaverse. I'm sharing my time already. Do movies still happen in the metaverse, or do we? Uh, do we all? How does it work? Can we watch a movie in the metaverse? I don't know. I mean, or does the movie watch you? To the extent mm-hmm. that in Epic's case, the metaverse is just synonymous with Fortnite. All movies yes, are. people yeah. hang. I don't. I don't know that people watch full movies in Fortnite, but they definitely like meet up and watch concerts and trailers and stuff. One thing I know about filmmakers is that is the ideal experience. That is how they want you to experience That's their right. art on a tiny right. screen inside Fortnite. Oh God, who was it? It wasn't Cronenberg who went on the anti like watching phones on. I mean, watching movies on phones. Oh, there've been a few, a few of those, ago. like few different art tour directors that are like, "Fuck this shit." Was it Lynch? I forget. Somebody specifically got really mad about watching movies on like airline seats and phones. Might have been Nolan. Actually, I remember Nolan got real heated about that at one point. Well, don't save him a chair for the metaverse. Yeah. But do save who's it? Cha- Chad Stahelski? Stahelski. Stahelski. A seat in the metaverse for directing. Yes, in the metaverse, the only samurai films you'll be able to watch are the ones produced by Sony. Are the ones that are based off of samurai films, then you make a samurai film based off of your video game adaptation of a samurai film? All right, before I get into any of that, let me give Uh you the actual news story here, which is that uh, the previously announced uh, project to turn Ghost of Tsushima into a film, back into a film maybe, perhaps, (laughs) uh, now has a writer. Okay. it is a screenwriter by the name of Takashi Dosher. I don't know him super well, but he has uh, previously written a couple of films. And they seem like they are continuing to go forward with this project. And okay. now that I've said that, I am going to continue to say the thing that I have always said, which is taking a genre pastiche of a bunch of movies that you made for a video game and then trying to turn that back into a movie is probably not going to result in anything that I need to watch. Mm, that's entirely possible. Yeah, that's like a little. It's a little. Yeah, there I'm are a you. thousand. There are thousands of gr- good to great samurai films out there already, and Ghost of Tsushima, totally fine game. I enjoyed it. Okay, it was not a great story. It was did not have anything to say about the culture or you know the the world of the samurai that had not been said many times over in much more articulate ways by you know the great directors that it was trying to emulate. And I'm just of the mind that, like, yes, Chad Stahelski is a great action director, and it's probably going to have some pretty good sword fights. But beyond that, I just I can't find a hook for this thing that makes me the re- even remotely interested in it. Fair enough. I, I really don't have anything to say. You you kind of echo some sense until the thing comes out. Yeah, uh, doing um, making an homage game or a genre and then making the movie version of that homage 
video game is a little bit. It's just too many layers. I don't. I don't disagree. The the thing I found the most upsetting in this whole thing is the screenwriter in his excitement in the course of announcing this news mentioned that he skipped school to line up for the PS2 on launch day, which I found to be very bothersome because people that much younger than me should not be doing things like writing major motion pictures. I hate to tell you this, Brad, but there are like whole ass adults who are like 15 uh, to 20 years younger than us. Someone someone who I would consider like sort of a peer of ours announced their pending grandfatherhood yesterday. Hell yeah. Let's move on. Hell yeah. Oh, the March great. of Time will take us all. That's right. Um, but not until every Sony prestige video game IP has been turned into a major motion picture. True. Uh, it's a magical time. Speaking. Oh boy. Let's oh just get God. It, get it over with. Uh, I got you for a second. Uh, I, got I got you. All right. Speaking right. of magic, Alex, take us, take us through the end zone here. Oh, if this is the end zone, I'm, I would like a safety <laughs> and run back in the other direction. Uh, so Randy Pitchford's in the news this time for nothing particularly controversial, at least. Uh, so he has officially, Signed on to buy the Magic Castle. If you don't know what the Magic Castle is, it is a place in the greater Hollywood area. It is a play a theater that does lots of magic shows. It was basically the home to the quote-unquote Academy of Magical Arts. I need to see their accreditation for this. <laughs> uh, and also, it is a place that, uh, as this Kotaku story goes on to mention, has been the subject of serious allegations of a variety of abuses, including sexual assault, sexual harassment, and discrimination on the basis of race or gender. I don't know if Randy's going to fix all that, but he Mm. has bought the distressed property. Uh, He plans to, I think, continue to continue to have magic there. There is a quote here from Penn and Teller, and I'm going to tell you right now, the Teller part of this is extremely upsetting to me as a human being because that guy's not supposed to talk. Uh, well, to be fair, he didn't talk. He wrote. That, no, that's he does not communicate except through gesture, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, I. My first thought when reading this was Randy Pitchford loves magic. Randy Pitchford probably has a lot of money. Sure, I had my those second, in the opposite order. Yes, I was. Sure. Mine was, was boy. Randy Pitchford must have a lot of money, and I, yeah, he does love magic. Definitely, also my first thought as well. My second thought was, oh boy, Randy, what did you leave in this building? <laughs> what did you Did he bury so something <laughs> under in the basement that he needs to make sure he has possession of? What uh oh my god, wait, where's my coat? Well, that building's closed. Would no, we need to get that. I have got like five thumb drives in that coat. Fifty years <laughs> from now, somebody's gonna crack open the concrete in the basement of this place. My god, there are thousands of USB sticks down. That's here. right, that's right. Don't plug them in, don't plug them in. Uh yeah. I'm glad we can all laugh at this. I bet all those uh, Gearbox employees who didn't get their bonuses a couple of years ago are probably finding this a little less funny. Mm. Yeah. I'm sure, they'll, I'm sure they'll all enjoy their season passes to the Magic Castle. Ugh. They should have looked in Randy's coat pocket, up his sleeves. Uh, apparently that's where those bonuses were hiding uh, up there the whole time. It's ma- it's, ma- it's magic is kind of goofy. People, It's very serious, but it's kind of goofy. It's, like, it's, it's carny shit, right? Like, yeah. well, yes, it is. Okay, just making sure. I enjoy. I listen. I enjoy a magic show. It's carny shit with a fancy mustache. I mean, I got nothing against it. Don't get me wrong. I'm just, yeah. you know, it's the Randy Pitchford part that maybe adds another layer to the whole thing. Yeah, if, I mean, him him aside, like it sounds like this place was just going to like get demolished and replaced with condos or something if somebody didn't step in. So, 
Yeah. I'm in no way trying to say that there is no historic value to this place or that someone shouldn't have like tried to save it or anything. It's just, it's of course it's him. Who else could it be? But him. Yeah. Yeah. It was me. Oh boy. I'm a magician. You've got a lot of money too. It's true. I, how much do you think? Place I don't, like have, I don't have borderline. I have money. no idea. I have no idea. Uh, like, <clears throat> well, don't forget hundreds Magazine. of he's millions. Got, he's got he's got embracey money now. Mm-hmm. He has been embraced. <laughs> he's got that movie. He's got that Hollywood money too. Oh right, they're still making that Borderlands movie. I forgot. Yeah. God, that yeah. you could have told me that that came out six months ago, and I would have believed you. <laughs> Somehow uh, that thing does not. I, I don't know if that thing has a release date, but I have not seen any promo materials like, for it. Yet. Feels like it should have come out already because they they were showing like. Behind this, well, maybe they were still shooting it. Remember last E three, they straight up had like on set footage. Okay, mm. it's supposed to come out this year. Okay, but it does not appear Penn- to have like an actual release date yet. I feel like Penn and Teller have done pretty well. How come they didn't buy it? They love magic so much. Maybe I mean, they know are better. Are there any other rich magi- magicians? <laughs> are there any other magicians? David that have Copperfield probably still has that island somewhere. I don't know. Where's Where's Chris Angel and all this? Yes, where is this? This isn't a way to like buy yourself into the like good graces of magicians. If you're Randy Pitchford, is it like a way that's like, hey, now you have to hang out with me. I own the place. I demand to be taken seriously by virtue of (laughs) buying this building. You all know that's that's right. You have to come have dinner with me now here. Yeah. See, the byproduct of Chris Angel's sorcery is that he can never leave Las Vegas. If he does, then all his power is stripped from him. And where is this place? Los Angeles. There you go. There you go. Maybe he is tied to this. Maybe Randy Pitcher now owns Chris Angel's soul. Uh, it's, the, it's the devil's bargain. If he ever uh, had one to begin with. It seems like a cool landmark worth saving. If you say, if it were in fact going to be turned into some just like housing development or something like that, this seems like a fun thing to, to save. Like I said. Maybe I'm all for of, preserving historic buildings. Yeah. <laughs> some of the I circumstances just try, around. <laughs> I would just absolutely love it if had Brady Pitchford had as little involvement that as possible, whenever possible. <laughs> is that a general? Is that how you generally <laughs> respond to things? There usually, yes. Yeah, yeah. Okay, fair enough. Uh, all right, I think that is going to wrap up the news for this week. Uh, anything else going on? That's about. I think that's about the gist of it to say. Yeah, I mean, games they will continue to come out, but we are definitely in a lighter period. And as I look forward in my crystal ball of gaming, even the holiday season seems a little bit more barren. Yeah, I mean, I started to say E three will happen, and then stop myself because no, it Mm -hmm. won't. But like something will happen in the E three time frame, and presumably some games will get announced. If we say it enough times, something will happen. Hopefully there are more games that are going to get announced for this year. Yeah, we'll see. Some some surprise drops, let's say. Because if they're getting announced, they're probably for 2020 or... I would like to believe video games are not yet a spent force. No, it's listen, development, like, I think we're in the catching up now. The checks are coming due for the last two years of Mm -hmm. really hard development time. And a lot of stuff had to come out before the end of the fiscal year, so... yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, tough development logistics from the pandemic, but also like this weird phenomenon of games straddling both console yes. generations for much longer than they normally would yes, good as point. well. Yeah. So yeah. like still probably some getting up to speed on new hardware features kind of stuff going on. Mm-hmm. Yes. 
All right, that is going to wrap up our show for this week. I want to thank everybody for listening. And I want to say if you want to go support us, you can go over to patreon.com slash nextlander. There you can find a tier that is just right for you. Try it on. I'm sure it'll fit great. Like a magician's hat. It will slide over you and then content will come out of it. Yes, it's all inside that hat. You won't want to miss it. Uh, How was the stream on Monday? Pretty good. Yeah? Pretty good. Some technical hurdles to get over with a game that does not want to run on modern PCs, but we figured it out. Also, yes, yes. it's been a while. It's a Max Payne. Uh, Check that out. We've got uh, uh, Alexi Quest coming up on Thursday. Mm -hmm. This Friday, we're still TBD. If you missed it last Friday, we did our uh, Nintendo Power Covers we got to the first 50. Yes. Uh, and we still have yet to rank them, so we're still deciding if we should go rank them or, or take we a break. We got like, what, 20 back. that are on the short list at this point? I think somewhere around there, yeah. So uh, you can come join us for Friday's show, whatever that might be, or go check out that trip down Nostalgia Lane with the Nintendo Power covers. But right now, I want to thank some of our patrons that make all that possible, specifically our mysterious benefactor tier, which gets a shout out on this here show. And without further ado, theatrics. I'm very good at it too. Without further ado, here I go. Our mysterious benefactors for this week are Larganas, Vinny's Giant Booga Boogas, Nelson LeBlanc, James Smith, Skywarp, John Hubbard, Sean Miller, Nick Donegan, Evan Cook, Mark Wilhelm, J.M., Jerry Lee, Gary Pejke, Conrad Kuzman, Robert Fisher, John McInnes, Bunny Thorpe Octocrimes, Peter Reardon, Thomas Lynn, Jad Rita, Statics, Andrew Jackson, Bacon Monk, Anders Buga, Devin Maestro Hall, Brian Murphy, Kevin Velado, Randy Duax, Mark Allenbach, Aaron Gonzalez Beer, Andrew Tiebkin, It's Me JP, Edward Cheek, Andrew Slosky, Steve Lynn, Richard Welsh, aka Hired Noobs, Matthew Herrig, David Campos, and Tyler Treese. Our and your mysterious benefactors for this week. I want to thank all of our patrons out there and I want to thank everybody for supporting us. Listening, watching, sending the good vibes, making video games, yeah. treating your employees well. Yes. <laughs> All of these things not only contribute to our well-being, but to the well-being of this industry. And a smile. Just smiling more. <laughs> you know it. Just having a Are good you telling time. me I don't smile enough? Is that what I'm hearing? No, you smile just the right amount for who you are. Boy, that sounded way more condescending than I thought it would. Okay. What a hedge. <laughs> All right, everybody. That is going to do it for this week's show. I want to thank everybody again. And we'll be back next week with more from the Next Lander podcast. See ya. <laughs> <laughs>